MSW Media. What a catch by George Kittle! <laughs> hey Niner fans, George Kittle here with a pro tip for making the best play on your eyewear. Visit Zinni.com, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Zinni has changed the game for you, finally making prescription glasses affordable for everyone. At Zinni, you can find over 3,000 frames with unbelievable prices. Look for the Kittles collection so you can rock our styles every day, too. So visit Z-E-N-N-I.com, start shopping from home using their virtual try-on, and change your eyewear game forever. a glass, sit for a spill, it's time to have some fun, let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking, but this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. I am Dan Dunn. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. With me on the show today, uh, fan favorite, world favorite, really, the great Cecilia Betzel. How are you, Cecilia? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm okay. I mean, you're not going to bullshit. You know, so we do these things. We do these shows and I uh, were charged with recording this episode today on the uh, heels of two mass shoot a bunch of mass shootings but two last night or two mass shootings last night and you all know about that in Texas and Ohio so it's not fun really necessarily to have to come and do this today but I feel like we got to do it uh, because this is what we do, right, Cecilia? The show must go on, I suppose. The show must go on, but, uh, yeah. But at not... least we can acknowledge it and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, Jesus, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll touch on that. We're going to come back to that again a little bit later in the show. To take the sting off it a little bit, we're, we're having some Lambrusco right now in here. Ooh. Let's get a little cheers going. We got some Lambrusco. This is called Concerto Reggiano Lambrusco. I'm going to talk about what Lambrusco is in a minute. Um, Ooh. Mm. That's very, very unusual. It's a, yeah, it's a curious tasting wow, uh, yeah. spirit. It's um, bright purple. So very cool. okay. today on the show, we've got Adam <laughs> Carolla, the great Adam Carolla. I did a little interview with Adam. Last week, we're going to drop that interview into this episode of the show. That's coming up very shortly, uh, as we like to do at the top of of this show. I can tell you about stuff that you should be aware of, new products, whatnot. Um, glassware, Cecilia. Glassware is a thing that you know, people don't think about all the time, but. Riedel. I love glassware. Yeah, Riedel, which is makes the glasses that we're drinking out of right now, the mm. wine glasses. If you have wine glasses or, or cocktail glasses, chances are it's a Riedel glass. So Riedel just came out with these these new line of glasses, and they've got it's called a Nick and Nora glass. Do you know Nick and Nora? Do you know what that's from? Cece? I don't know. I never heard that before. There was a movie called The Thin Man. 
a time it was a thriller like back in the like slender man black in the, past. the back in the day like the black and white days the thin man they uh nick and nora played like uh crime solvers and they drank a lot <laughs> i like and, them already yeah so these glasses um are they're, they're the kind of the ones that are up and they look like a tulip a little and they got the lip right there you see that yeah that's the nick and nora glass hmm. and Riedel just came out with those you can get two of them for twenty nine ninety for the glasses, but they're they're just classy. Yeah, I'm happy to have them. Here's my issue: I love glassware and I love a really nice, nice glass, but I'm also the clumsiest person I know, and so I'm too scared to use my nice glasses. So they end up just sitting there and collecting what would dust. Happen? Well, what are you afraid of? Oh, Jesus Christ! That scared the shit out of me. You just broke a glass. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Jesus. someone take that keyboard away from you. So you just broke a glass. I don't know if you heard that. I did not. Man, well, that's what you're But I do of. tend to do. You do. That's yes. what you do. Yeah, well, that's... Yes. But, but that doesn't stop me from buying really nice glassware, because I love it. You know what happens when you break a glass? You know how you feel? <laughs> you're like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> Can't stop you. All right, so, uh, again, uh, not, uh, not a pall over today's show, but we're not going to we're not going to have too much fun. Right? We're going to we're going to try to just have the, fun. Just the right amount of fun. Uh, we're just going to do what we do. So, we are drinking Lambrusco. So, as the ancient story goes, Vetus Lambrusca or wild vine migrated from the Apennine Mountains to the fields of Emilia-Romagna. That's the area of hmm. uh, in, in, it's up in the northeast part of Italy. Have you been there before, Cecilia? Uh, not the northeast part of Italy, but I did just get back from Tuscany last week. Quit bragging. <laughs> I drank a lot of Chianti. So the wild that. vine took root up there, and there are three provinces, Modena, Parma, and Reggio nel Emilia. That's where Lambrusco is from. And it dates back to the Etruscans and this... Uh, Frizzante red wine uh, has been popular in the old world since the Roman Empire. Wow. Yeah. So what, what we're talking about here is a sparkling red. That's what it is. Which may sound strange to some, but it's uh, it's sort of coming back into fashion, right? It's total. Well, yeah. Thanks for teeing that up for oh, me. Oh, wow. So the history of Lambrusco in America has been far more brief and star-crossed than in Europe. And for all intents and purposes, it began in the 1970s with Riuniti, which is a cloyingly sweet, sparkling red of dubious distinction that was almost anyone in the U.S. knew of Lambrusco back then. And it quickly became the number one imported wine in America. Oh, did you know that in the 1970s? I, I did yeah. not know that. Thanks in large part to this uh, ubiquitous commercial campaign that featured one of the most impossible to get out of your head slogans ever jingled. Right? Right? I love it. You got it now. nice. Reunity so nice. Reunity, reunity. So the promise was simple. Reuniti served chilled was so nice. So nice. But the phenomenon was short-lived. And by the early 80s, Reuniti had gone the way of disco and shag carpeting. 
It took the whole Lambrusco category down with it in the States. But as is often the case, Cecilia, mm-hmm. with spectacular falls from grace, a comeback was inevitable. Ooh. And today, America's rediscovering Lambrusco. Only this time around, there are a host of high-quality artisanal producers to choose from. And they're all really competitively priced. Like, you're not going to find sparkling wine as cheap as Lambrusco. And uh, a couple of the bottles that I'd like to tell you about, we'll start with this one, which is called Med- Medici Ermete Concerto Reggiano. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's my Italian. The Medici family, we've all heard them, right? Yeah, the Medici. Medici family. Is it Medici or Medici? Um, I, I think it's probably Medici, but I like to say Medici. I think Medici. it's Medici, yeah. So the Medici family... Uh, has been in the Lambrusco business for uh, a while. But this is a different Medici family. I don't think it's the Medicis that were like sponsoring, uh, what's the his name? Popes. and The Popes. And who, who was the name? Michelangelo. Not that. Ah. Different family. This family's been in uh, business in Emilia Romagna for 120 years. Concerto, the wine we're drinking right now, is their flagship wine. And it's the world's first single vineyard Lambrusco. So that means it's uh, made from grapes from one plot of land, and these grapes oh. are called Salamino. So most Lambrusco is... They source the grapes from... Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh, excuse oh, me. come on. I'm sorry. What do you think of this wine? I like it. It's got some I berry flavor, little biscuits on it. Love this. Clean, dry. You know what? It's about $23 a bottle. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what? I really, I really like how tart and dry it is. It, it almost reminds me of a, a cider, is that blasphemous to say? No, not at all. I mean, it, it, couldn't you see this with like a pepperoni mm. pizza? Like I mean, I don't eat pepperoni, don't eat pepperoni but, pepperoni, but yes. I could. Um, I, did, I did. I have heard that Lambrusco pairs really well with fatty foods because it is so acidic. Yeah. So it cuts it nicely. It cuts it. Another one, <laughs> I got to be honest, one of the ones that's my, maybe my most favorite in the world is Cleto Charlie. It's C H. I-A-R-L-I, and it's called Fondatore, and they've been making it since about 1860, and uh, they make it in the traditional in-bottle fermentation, which is known as the ancestral method uh, in Italy, which is where the, the, the it's actually fermenting in the bottle. That's where you get those bubbles from. Ah. Yeah. Well, didn't they, um, me spotting my random booze facts, but champagne was created accidentally right it was yeah. from yeah. on a ship from france to england you want to tell us about that i don't that's all i right. know okay all right. yeah i like that yeah it's good yes yeah yes it was a happy accident yeah dom perignon dom oh really Pe- well that's well, that was the first that's what they say who knows oh, very um, interesting so, so is d- it so the the Effervescence is a naturally occurring it's a, chemical yeah, reaction. Well, they're, 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 they're leaving yeast in the bottle, so it's it, fermenting in the bottle. The yeast is what's causing it to do that. So, um, anyway, this is a uh, that that one the, the uh, Clado Charlie is a it's very dry, savory Lambrusco. Another one you want to look out for is called Albino Canali. It's about twenty eight bucks a bottle. Um, uh, another one from Emilia Romagna that, as you can probably tell at this point, is the hot region for getting Lambrusco. So now you got that on the radar, right? Hmm. You got that on the radar? I got it on the radar. All right. See, see, I right? like it. I really like Lambrusco. Yeah. I think it's too. really fun. Yeah, I do too. 
So what we're going to do now, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is I interviewed my old pal, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is the host of the Adam Carolla Show. You listen to it, Cece? No, wait, I want to... <laughs> oh, go ahead. You want to tell me something? I was just looking something No, up. go ahead. Bring it up. Um, <laughs> since you were talking about Lambrisco being um, so historical, I suppose, yeah. such an old wine, when I was in Italia... Um, we did go to this vineyard that is trying to recreate old wines. So they're growing historical grapes, vines. I'm not super well-versed on wine, but it was a place called uh, Manucci Droandi. Manucci Droandi. But it's this wine called Barsaglina. Barsaglina? I don't know that. It was so good. It was good stuff. Really good. Did you, but, bring, it, did you bring any back with you from Italia? Uh, <laughs> actually, my my roommate ordered twelve bottles to the house. So. Really? Yeah. So you'll get to try it. But it was really really good. But I I have to admit I was thinking it was something that you know people the the Medici's were drinking back in the six fourteen fifteen hundreds, but it was more around like yeah eighteen ninety turn of the century. Uh, but I thought that was just a really cool concept to sort of bring back. Feels very Jurassic Park. Like they're finding I'll, the I'll, I'll cheers you the to DNA. That. I'll cheers you to that. Let's do that. Yeah. <gasps> oh come on, <laughs> Cecilia! <laughs> well, two glasses, man. <laughs> anyway, you can't bring her anywhere. Anyway, moving on from all that interesting stuff. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla, ace man. Uh, he is in the Guinness Book of World's Records for having the most listened to podcast of really? all time. Yeah. And uh, he, I, I love Adam, man. He's a good guy. And uh, I've done a bunch of shows with him. So I went out to his studio out in Glendale, California last week, and we had a little chat. And do you want to hear some of that, Cecilia, right now? Do you want to listen to a little bit of that? I do, While I we do, I do. Slug some Lambrusco. Well, then here we go. Sure. the booze business. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But oh, he came. Wait a minute. Hold on. Maybe we should go back to the beginning of it. What do you think of that? I don't know. I, I was I was instantly caught right up. there. Just jump in. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Wah!" laughs> let's go to the beginning, and here it is. So I'm here with uh, my old pal Adam Corolla Ace. How are you? I'm well, despite what we talked about off the <laughs> before air. Before we got on here, always good to see you, man. I, I realized I was thinking about this in terms of guests. I've had my various shows. I've had my Sirius XM. The podcast with Zane, different podcasts. You're my most frequent guest, and I appreciate that. I want to thank you for that. You have been, you have done my shows consistently over the years. I don't know why, but I love having you on, and I want to say thank you for that. You don't know why I've continued to do your shows, or I you don't know why you love me. Pull, I think you're just going to pull the ring and just go. You know what? I've had enough of this fucking shit. But maybe it's the alcohol. Must be that. I don't have a very high threshold for like what I'll do and what I'll not do. <laughs> uh, you just put it on my calendar and, and I'm in. I yeah. Obviously, I like you. Obviously, it's sitting around having a drink and talking. That's super easy. But I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I get we're in a business and the business has some calculations to it and there's optics and it's like, don't do that guy's show or do this guy's show. And some of it is, 
pure popularity. Like, oh, this guy shows super popular. Do his pop. Do the other one. The other one is is oh, you don't want to go on Tucker Carlson. You'll get into trouble with the the business in this town. Or there's there's a sort of political side of it, and then there's a sort of. Uh, well, this guy, uh, this guy only has 15,000 downloads. What are you doing his show for? I don't have thoughts about either one. My yeah. feeling is if somebody asks me to do their show, I'm flattered. And I will usually try to figure out a way to accommodate them. Well, you're welcome then. Um, yes. I was marveling because we have this, and we're going to get into this in a second, this new wine that you have. I was thinking about. You've you've sort of built an, a little mini empire now in the spirits world, and I remember years ago you and I were sitting at Baby Blues Barbecue. You were doing this mm-hmm. was when I had a show on Sirius, and you had just come out with Mangria, right? right? This was your new thing, and in fact, it was kind of a really cool event. Just to recap for people that weren't listening to my Sirius show, there's not many, but um, we're sitting in Baby Blues. We're doing the show. I brought along a buddy of mine named Simon Ford. Uh, who's, mm-hmm. who's a big shot, even a bigger shot. Just got real big in the booze business. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But he came along. We're like, hey, can you make a drink for us? And mm-hmm. he kind of whipped it up on the spot behind the bar at Baby Blues, brings this thing out, hands it to us. Adam and I both take a sip. And I was, we were both kind of blown away by how good it was. <laughs> like, yes. it was one of the best drinks I ever had. You know, it was it's it's why Simon is Simon and and I'm me, but he said I want to take your mangria and I want to put some like citrus in it and then I want to put some rye in it. I believe. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's never gonna work. Like that sounds like the worst idea ever. You know, I thought he was gonna dump a little sprite in it and put a put a wedge an orange wedge in it and slide it which to is us. what you or i would do which is what i would i would just dump the sprite in my mouth and then dump the mangria <laughs> in my mouth and then i'd swish and then rinse and then swallow so he does this thing and somehow that rye brings out with the citrus and the mangria i don't know why it worked he did like he did he also was able to do like the mangria floater Float over the top, the top of it right. and it was so goddamn good i think we called it the better man that, well no okay to correct this that day we called it the bitter man because i think you were oh. in a particularly acerbic mood that day we called it the bitter man and then you wisely uh, chose to rename it the better man but oh. the, the best was you had a party a couple of weeks later remember this in brentwood you you rented out this whole spot to do the big mangria thing and all of these people were there and they're serving the better man and everybody's mar- like just this drink is so great and i'm just kind of laughing because i'm like we just Dude, my buddy just made this shit up on the spot like a week ago, and it was, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, so. I do. I do remember. I don't know. I guess it's like when you go see Celine Dion in concert, <laughs> and like when your friends drags you, and you go, "I don't want to fucking." That's so lame. And then when you walk out, you go, "She can sing. That lady can <laughs> sing, and she can play the fiddle." And it's like when you were telling me about your mixologist friend, I was like, "Yeah, all right, mixologist, right? Bartender, right, right, right." But then when he did that, I was like, "Oh, I get it. Yeah. You're good at your job." Well, and guess what? He got paid too. So Simon went on to start his own brand, uh, Forge Gin, which probably a lot of gin. listeners are sure. Yeah, he had a just gin sold at the it. Time. You know this, right? He just sold it to Brown Foreman. No, I mean, a week or two ago. For how much? More than either one of us are making today, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I didn't get the full numbers, but I think I think he probably did pretty well. Uh, the, the company was called the 86 Spirits Company, and mm-hmm. they had a tequila, and they had a rum. They 
Brown Foreman bought it and said, we're getting rid of all that forged gin, which has really, in a very short time, become a, a gin that's certainly carried at every craft cocktail bar. So congrats to Simon, because I thought that making the better man was going to be the highlight of his uh, his that, life in, in, the, in the adult beverage space, but he's done, he's done it, all right. Yeah. So now you've got, and then you went, you did a beer, uh, mm. and, and, and now you got a new thing that you're doing, a wine project. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, it's a uh, ride on red, which I didn't name, but I like it cause it's red and I keep telling everyone in LA, would you turn right on red and people just stop <laughs> and then I honk and they go like, Ooh, what do you want from me? And it's like, turn right, you idiot. You you can turn. Yeah. Everyone's so scared of getting tickets. So ride on red is actually because of mine. Uh, red, the color of the wine, Pinot Noir. And it's made out in Walla Walla, Washington, and there's this uh, group called KnockingPoint.com, and they will make you a wine. And those guys came down, and we designed it, and you taste this and taste that. You know how it goes. You pick the ones you like, and everyone sort of has a roundtable about it. And uh, at the end of the day, we came up with uh, Ride on Red, so now we have a Pinot Noir. And so you know, Knocking Point is actually the brainchild of of, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, right. Who's uh, Arrow, plays Arrow on the CW and his buddy Drew, uh, Drew Harding. Right. And uh, so what they do is they, they, they make these wines mostly up in Walla Walla, which is in the southeast part of Washington State, which, in my opinion, is where you get the best wines from Washington State. And, and by the way, I think Washington State is probably the best. You, there's a triple crown in the United States right now. It's California, of course, mm-hmm. Oregon. And Washington State. I, those are the three states where you're going to get the best wine in the U.S. And the price point for the wines out of Washington State are still, you know, look, you know you're going to pay for a Napa cap. You know, you know right. what you're going to pay for Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley in Oregon. This is Pinot Noir, and I have not tasted it yet, but I'm about to. But I bet you it's as good as anything you're going to get uh, on the West Coast. Well, I told him I like the Russian River style of Pinot Noir, and that's what we're trying to replicate. Can, what do you mean by that? You can get, I'll tell you in a second, uh, you can get bottles, by the way, one at a time, or you can uh, sign up for the wine club if you like as well. I think at uh, CorollaDrinks.com. Um, I just, I, I don't know nearly as much as you or Simon. I went to a wine place once where making wine up north, California, kind of Napa kind of thing, and the guy, he said, what do you like? And I said, I like Pinot Noir. And he said, oh, let me get you a Russian River Pinot Noir. That's what he just called it. And uh, he served it up, and I really enjoyed it. So that's all so that's, I knew. So Russian River is an area of Sonoma County, right. uh, which is really makes fantastic Pinot Noir. This one here, and by the way, before I even get into the wine, I, I would wonder how you would be, Adam. And have you ever done this? Could you go... Because you're talking about right on red. You got to go. You got to go. Like, you're a guy that doesn't like to waste time, okay? Can you go on vacation? Could you go to Napa Valley and spend five days on a leisurely vacation, just maybe hitting two or three wineries a day and strolling the vineyards? And I can, you know, my here's how I work. I can do that. Um, you know, I'm going to go up to Monterey and do the uh, car week. I'm going to race my 935 Porsche Laguna Seca. I will do a show Saturday night just to just to recoup some of the money it's going to cost on 117 octane fuel and yeah. race tires and everything. My here's how I am. I can 
go on a vacation. I can go enjoy myself on a vacation. I tend to keep a pen and a buck slip, and I sort of look at everything as like, you know when people run their own business out of their house, and then they go, those Doritos are write-off. And you go, how are Doritos a write-off? And they go, because I'm eating them sitting at my desk in my in my den, yeah. and I'm working. You know what I mean? So for me as a comedian or podcast host or whatever it is, everything is a, is a write-off in terms of everything's an idea. Everything's a possible idea. So I can go on the wine tasting, whatever, and I can take the party train, and I can go do the whole tours, and I can do everything but I need my little buck slip that I'm holding up in front of you and my little ballpoint pen, and I have to make notes. I have to make little ideas, It's jokes. all fodder. It's all fodder then. It could be an idea for something for the wine. It could be Corolla drinks. I could see a label I really like that I, that I think would work really well or I want to use notes of. Uh, there could be a documentary idea, you know, the Coppola Vineyard. That's a doc idea, you know. Like write that down. How do you get into uh, how do you get into that? Um, jokes, uh, topics for the podcast. So you couldn't just let the moment. You, I guess, that was the point. Is like, can you just be in the moment and go? You know what? On in this day. I am purely on vacation, and all I'm going to do is drink wine, and I'm going to shut off that thing in my brain that you're talking about right now, and I'm purely going to enjoy this for the experience of this. Because I can't do that either. I'm just yeah. If you can, you do it. I you know on football season during football season, have a few guys over, drink some IPAs, watch some football on a Sunday, laugh, order some barbecue. I'm pretty good at it, but I will find myself still making a, a note of something that somebody says. It doesn't mean I'm not enjoying myself or that I'm pulled out of the moment or not enjoying myself or not immersed in what's going on. It's just I look at these little thoughts as sort of fleeting, and it could be gone and and lost forever, and uh, it could translate into something. And also, I guess there's an element of... I don't know if anyone's ever had this thought. I look at it like in Master and Commander when they were on the Galapagos Islands and they were like trying to collect these weird stick bugs and stuff. And the boat was like leaving and they're like, no one will ever see these. <laughs> that could be that one nugget of gold that you left behind. And no one will ever hear it or think of it again. And you'll be, but I was enjoying the Pinot Noir. No, fuck you, Adam. You, you, you blew it. Um, okay, so this wine, Knocking Point, uh, do you, you let tell me about do you are you enjoying the flavor of this wine? Is this a, how would you describe this to somebody who wants to buy? It seems like an easy drinking wine to me. It's a good price point. I don't know what it is, but it's in, it's inexpensive. It's got the element of it is you know bespoke. It's you're not going to walk into someone else's house and went oh I brought a case of this from Trader Joe's. I got it too. And it's like, you know, it's it's 27 bucks, so I'm told. It's it's like fruity, it's nice. It's I'm not a harsh, hard, like challenge myself with wine kind of person. Like I guess I'm 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 with wine the same way I am with classical music, like flowy, peppy, nice, whatever. So your palate I don't then, need to be challenged to appreciate it, you so know. 
your palette then would be so if you go to European Pinot Noir and all Pinot Noir originally originates from Burgundy. Do you like wines that are on the drier, earthier side? You're going to get more of a European style, or like a Pinot, or do you like big uh, California Cabernets? Bigger. I'm, I'm that. Like I like IPAs because they're like fruitier and more to them and less less dry and. You know, I don't know. I guess, you you know, you could call me a lightweight, but I also like just a nice glass of scotch or rye just straight up with a big ice cube in it. Like, I'm not like I need to drink cotton candy flavored vodka. Yeah. But when it comes to the beer and when it comes to the wine, I like the kind of fruitier notes to them. Whatever. To me, this is, you know, one of those like, stone IPAs that has uh, like the tangerine vibe to it or something like that. This is kind of the wine version of that. And that's, that's what I enjoy. It's really good. How did you, so I know that Stephen and Drew had done, they did one with Jason Momoa, I believe they Mm -hmm. did one with Aisha Tyler. Yes. How did, how did they, did you know these guys or how how did this come about this partnership? My wife, who's uh, Lynette, who's heading up Corolla drinks, got, in with these guys uh i don't know who reached out to whom but either way the next thing i know these guys were just sitting in my conference room (laughs) which is eight feet behind us and we're all just sitting in there and they were doing what they do best which is pulling out bottles of wine and tasting them and putting little numbers by them and everyone was having the you know the confab of which one they like or maybe if we took wine one and wine six and combine them that's kind of the flavor i'm looking for and uh everyone so do you was think cool. you, do you think you have a palate like was your palate evolved enough where you can go i think this needs a little bit more fruit or i think this needs a little bit more minerality or do you just sort of splash them together and go yeah that works i'm like i don't have any experience in it's like I can't play an instrument and I can't sing, but I do know music. Okay. So, and I think everyone probably says that, but what I mean is, it's like, I understand music without playing it or singing it or studying it. And when I talk to guys like John Popper from Blues Traveler and I go, here's a song that you guys don't play. He goes, oh, that is a really good song. And then he'll go, oh, that that guy was a great session pianist. And then he started putting it in his set. Like, I don't know anything about music, but I do know what's good and what's not good. And I, I think I feel the same way about wine. Well, you've done a fantastic job here. This this right on red. You can get it. You can go to Corolla Drinks. You can also go to KnockingPoint.com uh, to get this. I definitely recommend. You said twenty seven bucks. Mm-hmm. This is a good good value Pinot Noir for twenty seven dollars. Um, and Adam, as always, man, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for uh, always being so gracious. And keep making booze, man. I'm, I'm wait- I, I want a spirit. You need a spirit. Now. That- you've got a beer. You've got wine. We need. We need a spirit next. That shall be next. Thanks, right. Dan. Thank you, man. Hey, this is Oliver Cooper, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the show where people like me drink stuff with your host, Dan Dunn. All right, enough, Cecilia. Jesus Christ, Sorry, come on. I can't help it. That was fun. Adam Carolla. Yeah. You like that one? 
Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Anything, anything to say about it? Um, <laughs> I have actually had his beer, his IPA, and it's awesome. I'm a big IPA fan, and I really enjoyed that. Do you know who really liked that interview? Who? All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. He loves everything I do on the show. Yeah, he does. He's a big fan. He is a big fan of you what we do on, here uh, next on episode. what we're drinking. We're going to get him on here. Don't worry. One all of these right, days. Right. We're going to have, have him. I've, I've served, I served him a bottle of Evian water once. Where? At uh, When he was getting his star on the Hollywood Boulevard. What I was, are you doing? I was what? working with Evian water. Walking around <laughs> at that time? Like, hey, man, have water. No, and it was so funny because I, um, he was you know, sitting sort of farther back in his little section with his gorgeous wife and gorgeous kids. And uh, then there was the, you know, massive paparazzi uh, in front of him. And the the person I was working for was like, go, go give him water. Go give him the Evian. So I, I, I run over and I'm like, Mr. Uh, Mr. McConaughey, would you like some Evian water? And he was like, yes, please. And I was standing right in front of him. So I was blocking him from the paparazzi. And there's just like a hundred paparazzi people going, get out of the way, get out of the shot. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, guys. And you ruined it. <laughs> all right, he was very gracious. All right, all right. He was very friendly. He's a very nice guy. I've met him once before, too. I think uh, I mentioned that to you previously off the air at a screening. I tried to have a moment with him. People were not having it. Like, people... They just glom on the celebrities that are that big, don't they? And they just yeah. run over. And I'm like, I was trying to actually have a conversation with him about Wild Turkey. And I think oh, he yeah. wanted to have that conversation. He was like, this is great. Cause you actually care about I the I cared about Long Branch, his, his, <laughs> the specific whiskey that he did with Wild Turkey. And it uh, couldn't, couldn't happen. People were like, no, Matthew, get over here. Picture, picture, picture. God, that must be eh, it was, what are you pretty gonna do? infuriating. Um, so, okay. Uh, we're gonna get to the. Uh, we're gonna go right now to the portion of the show that I uh, like to call "What's driving me to drink." It's driving me to drink. That sounds like something from Blade Runner. Know. You know, it's not. It's you breaking oh, glasses. Shit. No, it's not that. Obviously, we touched on this at the beginning of the show, and we'll just touch on it briefly again. What's driving me to drink is fucking murder, man. Like. You know, this is a uh, podcast centered on a, the appreciation of adult beverages, of course, but it's hard to do it when, uh, you know, again, we're about 12 hours removed from 29 people being murdered. And uh, I got to tell you that I am getting tired of, uh, you know, going on Facebook and having everybody sort of decry what happened and everybody. But nothing's changing. And so what I would implore you to do and what I plan to do is to actually take some sort of action to either write your congressperson or get out and protest or do something, anything. That's a that's a good uh, idea. You know, why don't we set ourselves a challenge to do something, no matter how small, to do our part? I, I just think the time has passed it it probably passed <laughs> sandy hook to just keep going you know i don't give a fuck about thoughts and prayers and i know you don't either cecilia thoughts and prayers aren't saving lives and i i understand you know uh, so much of it has to do with voting and that's a huge 
thing. But um, let's be honest. I mean, we live in California, and uh, how we vote really doesn't matter. <laughs> I know it sounds shitty, but it doesn't matter because we already know what's going to happen out in California. The Democrats are going to win, and and I don't want to overly politicize the show. I really don't want to at all. But I'm. The simple fact of the matter is, you know, as long as the Republicans are in charge, they're going to be in the pocket of the NRA. So voting is a huge part of it. But I also think pressuring your congressperson also, and that doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, but nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to go shopping or go to a concert or bring your kids to a park and, 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 and have to worry about getting murdered. And yeah, that's the it reality. makes me sad because I read something today about how a lot of uh, Democratic politicians are saying that, you know, they're not really pushing gun control because it just feels like a lost cause. And yeah. that, that's when things get dangerous is when people give up. Yeah, because it's not good politics. But the, the fact of the matter is, is, uh, again, whatever, whatever color you're wearing, whatever, you know, you're red, you're blue, wherever you come from. This is a this is a, a danger that doesn't discriminate between Democrat and Republican. When somebody starts shooting in an open space, it doesn't matter what you are. You know, uh, when the bullets start flying, and we have to do something. And uh, I would implore. We're calling you, in the helicopter right now. You hear that? Yeah, they're coming <laughs> in. But I uh, know I would really I would implore you out there to to do something beyond getting into fights. But on then, social but, media, you know. Because so that's what I was just gonna say. I was on on the old Instagram today, and you posted a political cartoon, and someone. Oh, by had, the way, I'm at the imbiber. Yeah. Oh, so oh yeah. Get the plug in there. <laughs> yeah, and someone came at me, and you know and, I did. And said, you know, our NRA has nothing to do with it, and <laughs> well, there's just I hate the the thought that you know we start talking about gun control and instantly. You know, all, they just sh- shut down. There's no arguing. There's no listening. Yeah. It's so black and white for, you know, it's black and white for us where we're, you know, we feel very strongly. The facts are there. The facts are there. Like but so that. how do you, how do you appeal to the other side? Do you not? Do you not bother? Or is there a way to? I think you shoot them. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> With a laser. Uh, yeah. Pew, pew. Yeah, like that, yeah. Pew, pew. Or thunder. I shall strike down upon thee with furious anger. <laughs> the now Pulp Fiction we're quote getting quote. silly. But no, I, I, but I mean it. I, I mean it. You know, and, and I'm sorry. I hope this episode hasn't been a bummer. I, I, I loved the interview with Adam. But it, it was hard to do this. Uh, show today because I've been bummed out all day and and I, it's um, probably most of you are as well. But uh, hopefully nobody's. Hopefully you know what. Hopefully by the time I do the next episode next week there will be no mass shootings. And what's crazy is I'm saying that it's, it's yeah, not no, even a joke though. It's happen. every day. There's been 251 mass shootings in this country so far this year and there's only been 220 days or something so far this year there's more than one a day and so uh, my prayer is that there isn't by the next time we come together to do this show and and in the meantime i hope you guys will you know 
Take to the streets, take to the internet, take to the phones, do whatever you got to do to... And continue to drink Lambrusco. And drink the Lambrusco. That makes me feel... I'm feeling better already. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. So I think it's about time for me to head out here. (laughs) With that, I want to thank... Cecilia Betzel, as always, for being on the show. Cecilia, where can people find you on the intranets? Uh, at CeciliaBetzel.com. Wait, no, I keep doing that. At Cecilia Betzel. That's it. No.com. Okay. That's about it. I'm at the Imbiber, but you probably know that. I want to thank Adam Carolla for joining me. You can listen to the Adam Carolla Show wherever podcast streams. Go to Carolla Drinks. Go to adamcarolla.com to find out what he's up to. And uh, I'll see you next week. Or I won't see you, but you'll hear me next week. Cheers. Oh, come on. Jesus Christ. damn it.